Well, the countdown continues with 111 days now to go until the midterm elections. The deadly summer in America continues. Kansas City's body count continues to grow as our city considers a walking trail around downtown. We'll also deal with the Bidens as the dirt the media said wasn't there is coming to the surface. All of that plus an exchange between Senator Josh Hawley and a Berkeley law professor who will make you reconsider sending your kids to a left coast law school. All of that plus the news of the day on this week's episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. So uh, before we get to the uh, news of the day, a programming note about next week, I will be out west running away from bears and bison and anything else that is large and mammal and woolly and all that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, Kurt will be holding down the fort at Dale Carter's America, and um, I guess you're going to have a special guest. What are you doing with this hour? Well, I don't know. The the it's the world is my oyster here. We're going to figure it out. I don't know. What about that exchange on uh, Dale Carter's America, the Facebook page? Yeah, you know, I on my personal page because I'm a musician and I uh, run in a lot of what you might call left wing circles. Uh, I've had some pretty fun interactions on my personal page, so. That's just a little snippet for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, go check that out. You posted it on uh, Dale yeah. Carter's America, the Facebook page. And just, you know, Kurt's going to have a guest next week, but I've talked to many folks who listen to the podcast, watch the podcast, who don't agree with us very much at all. Mm-hmm. And some of them are my friends. And I've asked them to come on here. And, you know, they'll go, yeah, I mean, maybe I want to do that. And then when I, I ask them, okay, when you want to do it, yeah, you hear crickets. Yeah. Well, the, what I've come across is the keyboard warrior. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people want to be a tough guy on Facebook or whatever, and then you accost them in person or you try and debate them or you try and have a conversation even, just like a respectful conversation. They they can't do it. So, Oh, well. well Tells we'll you everything you need to know. What happens next <laughs> week. If you're watching or listening and you do agree with us, this is really important stuff we're talking about. We are trying to save this country. This country is headed in a very wrong direction. We outline it every week. We are telling you the truth. We need you to take this and share it with your friends. you got to share it with like five or six, ten of your friends. Mm-hmm. Get them on board. Get them listening. And, and not for our ego gratification at all. This is about saving our country. It's why we're doing this podcast. It's why it's important. Tell them where they can get the podcast. Yeah. Uh well, I'll just expand on that. I mean, it's it's about the message. You know, we're, we're not in this for any personal gain. We're not making any money off of this. Um, we have sponsors, but we're using it to promote the podcast to, um, you know, eventually uh, get better equipment and things like that. So we're really just interested in getting the message out to as many people as possible. So you sharing it, you following us on Facebook, you following us on Twitter, subscribing on YouTube, subscribing on Rumble. All of these things is, is going to help us do that and hopefully help us, uh, you know, further the message. Even if you disagree with us, I mean, you know, Absolutely. Uh, that's what America is about. If hopefully we, if you disagree yeah. with us, you know, you, you at least support uh, what we're doing in terms of free speech and everything right. like that. So, well, if you disagree, that's important, too. We've got to continue these conversations. Um, you mentioned the sponsors. Let's talk about uh, Bob Watson. He is one of our sponsors here on the podcast. Great guy local State Farm agent in Blue Springs for five decades. And let me tell you a quick story about Bob Watson. My wife is traveling out west, okay? Mm -hmm. She gets to the rental car counter, right? 
and they want to see her insurance card, which she left in Blue Springs. Oh, She has no insurance card. So I'm on the air here in Kansas City, and she's blowing up my phone. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Right. And I said, call Bob's office. Right. All right? So she did exactly what we asked you to do. She called 816-229-7878. Not an 800 number that's tied to India or wherever all the 800 numbers are answered. It was Blue Springs, Missouri. Okay, Terry in Bob Watson's office answered the phone and got her an insurance card. Now, if you've got one of those, you know, cut rate insurance deals, mm-hmm. is that likely to happen? No, probably not. I mean, you're going to be on hold for a long time. Imagine the the agony of having to, you know, stand at the rental car counter. You know, that's bad enough as yeah. it is. And then well, having to wait, you know, 30 minutes on hold or whatever. And you've get. met my wife. I mean, she wakes up at a four on a 10 scale. <laughs> four is her low number. Right. So she was probably at a 12 right. by about this time. So Bob, uh, I don't even know if Bob knows this or not. But uh, kudos to your staff there. They took great care of her, and they'll take care of you as well. 7th and Main in Blue Springs. Now to the news of the day. Inflation, worse than expected. You saw the June number, 9.1%, and that's not the whole story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wholesale inflation, did you see that? That's the coming attraction because wholesale becomes retail, right? Mm -hmm. The wholesale inflation number was over 11%. Wow. So what is actual inflation going to be moving forward? And the solution that the Democrats had, and thank God for Joe Manchin. What would this country be right now without Joe Manchin, the Democrat senator from West Virginia, standing in the way because they want to spend more Mm -hmm. and tax more? Yeah. That's their solution. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about him a lot on the podcast. He's maybe the most important person in Congress right now, not because we agree with him on everything. I'm, I'm sure that we don't, but we don't. Be, just because he is the, the sort of one person that's standing in the way of them just passing their agenda, you know, uh, at will, yeah. w- whatever they want, as much spending as they want on whatever programs they want. I mean, the latest thing I think was some green new deal thing or, or yeah. something like that. I didn't look into he the stood in the way but, of that. Yeah. You know, um, that's their solution for everything. And, and they don't have a mandate. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? They don't have a mandate. We have a 50-50 Senate, and I think they've got a five-vote majority in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. This is the most divided our Congress has ever been. Um, and one Democrat, mm-hmm. one Democrat in the Senate is standing up and saying, I don't think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Some of the others don't, but they're just going along. They're towing the party line. Um, well, so- part of it, too, is probably pressure, you know, like some of these other senators or, or congressmen, they know that if they sta- if they vote no on something, they're going to get attacked. They're going to get attacked by the media. They're going to get attacked by the left wing of their party. And they probably don't want that heat. You know, they, they don't want the heat of uh, everyone coming after them. And Joe Manchin, you know, he's he's a seasoned politician. He's been doing it for a while. Um, and so he's probably not as afraid of that, you know, so, and he's from West Virginia, right. which, which helps his case too. Well, good for Joe Manchin. He's probably the most hated Democrat on Capitol Hill by his own party, whether it's him or Joe Biden. One of the two of them is the most hated Democrat right now. Yeah, probably. I think Manchin would <laughs> with take their that, own but. party. Uh, speaking of Joey B, he went over to Saudi Arabia. How pathetic did that look? That was just like that whole trip was just a complete disaster. I mean, Pathetic. he was shaking hands with the air. Great honor. Thank you very, very much. Thank you.
He was fist uh, bumping. He, yeah, he was fist bumping the the sheiks. He was begging for oil. He was, uh, you know, coughing and stumbling over his words. And uh, I had a terrible headache. <laughs> Excuse me, a terrible headache. And uh, sorry. <coughs> I had a terrible headache. This is years ago. And I did a very stupid thing. <coughs> I got on an aircraft. And he got nothing out of the Saudis. He came out of the airplane and said, Oh, where, where, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. And uh, yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's it's a terrible look. Um, and yet we're only a year and a half into his term. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a long. You have to keep reminding me of that, don't you? I can't just pretend. Long way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, more on Joey B later on in the podcast because I, I I actually have a deep dive segment that I'm calling the Biden family because we really need to start talking about this stuff. And I hate talking about stuff like this. I want to talk about policy and what's going on in America. I don't want to bring kids into it, adult children. You don't like talking about crack whores and uh, prostitution? <laughs> well, maybe sometimes, but, but not, in terms of, not in terms of this. Oh, my chair just yeah. broke. <laughs> don't fall down. We don't have any money to replace the chair. Yeah. Okay, next item. A medical examiner's office in Ohio says Jalen Walker, you've heard about this guy, right? He suffered 46 gunshot wounds or graze injuries. Of those, 15 entered his torso, including some that caused damage to organs. Now, you know, they're going to make a big deal out of this. Black guy got shot 46 times by the police. But you know what they're not saying in any of these stories? That he was shooting at the cops? He shot at the cops. Indiscriminately out of his car at civilians? (laughs) He left the gun in the car when he took off running. Oh, okay. You're a cop, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of you chasing this guy who just shot at you. Right. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe he kept. Maybe he left the gun in the car. Maybe he was done. Maybe he changed his mind. Maybe in maybe in the the ten seconds between when he was shooting at the cops and when he started running away, he became reformed. You know, he was like, "Oh man, be. I've been totally wrong this whole time, and I'm gonna you know repent for for Wouldn't what I've done." Wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> if that happened? Why can't they shoot him in the leg? Yeah. Really? I mean, why did the bullets well, have to what, enter his torso? That's what Joey B said. Shoot him in the leg, man. Yeah. Come on. We can do this. You can ban chokeholds. You can, but you, but beyond that, you have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. De-escalate. So instead of anybody coming at you, and the first thing you do is shoot to kill, you shoot them in the leg. There's a way. Come on, man. <laughs> um, you know, this is just a cautionary tale. If you shoot at the police, you are asking them to kill you. Right. Because they got to go home to their families too. Right. Um, and you know. The reason that they use deadly force is because they have the right to use deadly force if they think their life is in peril. Yeah, or if they think other people's lives are in danger. I mean, if there's a violent criminal shooting, and there was another one. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get to this or not, the thing where the guy was shooting into the apartment and the cops killed him. But, you know, if you're putting people's lives in danger, whether it's the cops' lives or civilians' lives, you're going to get shot. And the, the idea that 
oh, 40 whatever times, like that's what they're focusing on. It doesn't matter. It could be four times. It could be 400 times. You know, they're going to put you down. You're exactly. shooting at people. They're going to put you down. There's a bunch of cops. It'll, they'll take as many shots as they need they're to, to en- eliminate the threat. Emptying their clip. Yeah. Because, you know, there are certain drugs people can be on where, you know, it's like the, the, the old line from um, Blazing Saddles. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. If you shoot him, you just make him mad. Okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, they're they're trained to put them down no matter what it takes. So uh, the guy's dead, and he asked for it by shooting at the police. Yeah, there is absolutely no rationale for that whatsoever. Okay, next item, um, listener Julia. I love it when I get listener mail. You know, when I've done something on the air, and this one just floored me. <laughs> okay, so when when you send a complaint in to KFKF, you get a reply that says, "What can we help you with?" And Julia, I won't give her last name or her email address, but I have both. Julia says, the summer of freedom, question mark, exclamation point times three. Are you kidding me? Question mark, exclamation point times three. As a woman, I just lost mine. Rethink this, please. It was an instant mood changer. Had to change the station. Okay, obviously... She's pissed about Roe versus Wade being overturned. Mm-hmm. The Summer of Freedom on KFKF is after 9-11 we started doing that. Right. And initially it was Flag Day through 9-11, um, and now it's Memorial Day through 9-11. But it's our way to say thank you to the men and women who wear the uniform of this country, who keep us safe and free, and allow us to do the things that we do, like go to concerts, go to ball games, mm-hmm. have fun with our families and all that. Um, That's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, the person who sent it to me out of management, I said, okay, my gosh, she's right. Let's just drop Summer of Freedom. We'll just take that off the air. We're just, we could rename it, you know, the Summer of Oppression or the, the Summer of the Handmaid's Tale or whatever <laughs> she wants to call it. Oh, my gosh. And I, and I should tie in this lunch I had yesterday with my um, former morning show partner at KFKF, Mary McKenna. I love her. We were on the air together for a very long time, um, and we're still great friends. We meet for lunch once in a while. She's a little bit more liberal than I am. And her husband is a loony leftist. And so my blood pressure during this lunch just kept going up and up and up. Uh, Oh, so he was there too? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, but she's carrying his water basically saying, you know, that, uh, she goes, so first of all, I've never listened to your podcast. I agree with your boss, Mark. Mark, our So that's boss. why you're saying all this then is because she doesn't listen yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> I would say it to her face. In fact, if you were going to have a guest, I would recommend her. I mean, it'd be interesting. It really would. Um, she said she doesn't listen to the podcast. Mark, our boss, who basically put us down this road, right. doesn't listen to it because he's a leftist as well. So I don't listen. I right. really don't know what you guys say. I don't mm-hmm. know what you do, but I completely disagree with you. Right. And then she gets into the whole, you know, Roe versus Wade, for instance. You know, why was that overturned? I said, show me where it's in the Constitution. What you have now is six people on the court who have read the Constitution and know what it means. Mm-hmm. She goes, well, you know more about the Constitution than I do. I'll give you that. But I just, I just think it's terrible. It's terrible. I said, well, if you think this is where we need to go, get it done in Congress. Get laws passed. Get state houses because that's where it's at. It's back to the people. This is the most democratic look we've ever had at abortion. Yeah. You had seven men, six of them white, one of them black, back in 1973, Mm -hmm. who made this decision and found it out of, I guess they conjured it up out of clay. I'm not sure. The penumbras and emanations or whatever. (laughs) 
So this was their shortcut, and they don't have a shortcut anymore. Now it's like, my God, we've got to do it the way the Constitution says. So really, you people on the left, if you know people on the left, you might encourage them to read it Mm -hmm. or go back and listen to the first five episodes of the podcast because I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, and you you bring up a point. I mean, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but – you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure Mary is a very nice and intelligent person, but I've had experiences. <laughs> I've had experiences too in my own personal life where you get to a point with somebody and they'll say something to the effect of, well, I don't really follow politics or yeah. well, like she said, oh, well, you know, the constitution better than I do. And it's like, okay, so then what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, wh- where are you coming up with? Where is this opinion coming from? You know, I've had, I've had people like literally they'll be all over Facebook, you know, virtue signaling, pissed off about X issue or Y issue. And then you, you get in front of them and they have no idea what they're talking about. And then further than that, they'll admit that they have no idea what they're talking about. They'll say, I don't really follow politics. Oh, I don't really know the policy. Oh, I just feel like this needs to be. And then it's like, well, then why, like where, why are we even, what are we even talking about at this point? You admit that you don't know what you're talking about. You admit that you don't follow politics. So then don't have this opinion. Then keep it to yourself. You know, like, so what is, what is the point? You know, it's just, uh, it's very silly, and it just shows that the ends justify the means for the left. They want what they want. They want you know this policy. They don't know the the constitutional process. They don't care about that. They don't care about how it gets done. They, they just, just want, want it. it. They want it right now, Gert, yeah. and they can't have it. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. My blood pressure is going up just thinking about it. All right, we need to move on to the next topic here. Okay, but uh, Mary would be a great guest host for me. I mean, I had I worked with her for over a decade. Yeah, yeah. We I'll had some interesting it. discussions. I wonder what kind of discussions um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has with her husband. It's like, my God, did you get a DUI today? Did you kill anybody in your car? Um, did you buy any stocks that might relate to some legislation that I'm working on? That's the latest thing. Um Fox Business reached out to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office for comment about her husband's recent stock trades, particularly inquiring about Paul Pelosi's million-dollar purchase of stock in a semiconductor company as Congress is slated to vote on a $52 billion subsidy to the industry as part of a bill to increase U.S. manufacturing of computer chips. The response? The Speaker does not own any stocks. As you can see from the required disclosures with which the speaker fully cooperates, these transactions are marked SP for spouse. So I'm sure that they don't share any of the profits from that, right? No. He has all of his own bank accounts. I'm sure. He probably has his own house. They don't live together. He has his own car. He has all of his own stuff, and they don't share anything, right? Is that what she's insinuating? Democrat play number five. You know, if if you know the, the playbook here, Democrat play number five. Nothing to see here. Right. This did not happen. <laughs> Speaking of Congress, uh, they are working on something because this is this is interesting to me. This is an interesting time because, you know, I'm more of a process guy. I know you're more of a believer, a true believer in everything. I'm more of a process guy. Let's have a conversation. Let's figure out what the best way forward is. Um, so now the House is like, oh, shit, we don't have the Supreme Court over here. We can't make a law with the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Now we have to actually make law the way the Constitution tells us to. So um, Clarence Thomas has kind of signaled that now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, he wants to look at other court decisions that are not in the Constitution and should be left to the states or Congress, you know, to make the law. And the latest one of those is same-sex marriage. Oh, my God. He wants to get rid of same-sex marriage. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think it's great. I think 
Clarence Thomas is, uh, again, the most consequential living American. I'll say it over and over again, but he's absolutely right. I mean, you, you can have whatever opinion you want about abortion, same-sex marriage, sodomy, uh, you know, all of these other issues, but it's not in the Constitution. It was, they, they were, you know, made up out of whole cloth. It's just not in, it's not in there. It's, you know, like right. we always talk about the 10th Amendment and everything else. It's not in the purview of the court to decide these things. Clarence Thomas understands that. He's not, you know, going out there. This is the, the trick of language that the left will do. They'll say, Clarence Thomas wants to get rid of X. He wants to, you know, they say it about Roe v. Wade that, you know, they, they want to make abortion illegal, that the Supreme Court is making abortion illegal. That's not at all what they're doing. They're just returning it back to the states where it belongs. And it's the same thing for all these other decisions. He's not imposing his personal right. opinion on anything. I don't even know what his personal opinion is. You know, maybe he's super pro gay or whatever. Maybe he's gay himself. I don't give a shit. You know, he's yeah. he's uh, he's he's following the Constitution and he's returning the court to where they should be. You know, so I hope that following his leadership, some of these other justices that are maybe a little bit more squishy on some of these things will will come along because uh because he's going in the right direction on this. Well, I've, I've always said I, I don't care who you sleep with. What you do in your own bedroom is your own um, issue. Uh, and marriage is not something that is in the Constitution. It's not in most laws. It's a state issue. When you got your marriage license, when I got mine, it's the state of Missouri weighs in on it. But what the House is trying to get passed, and there might be some merit to this, that says if you know Missouri recognizes same-sex marriage but Kansas does not, your marriage is still valid in Kansas if you got married in Missouri. I mean, that's the Equal Protection Clause, which is in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So so I get that. So it'll be interesting to see where those things go. But now Congress is actually having to work on stuff. Right. Because they don't have that reliable wing of a Supreme Court that's going to uh, make law for them out of whole cloth. And I, I will say, too, I don't think this stuff is going to be happening Anytime soon. I mean, I could be well, wrong. The court term's over. Yeah. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I do think that Clarence Thomas is sort of on his own in a lot of ways on this. He is. Um, he is the only true originalist on the court. I mean, even the even the other quote unquote conservatives, um, you know, weren't willing to go as far as he did in bringing up the constitutionality of these other decisions in their opinions on the, uh, on overturning Roe, they didn't. Yeah. He was the only one that mentioned it. So I don't think that there's going to be a consensus in the court, um, certainly with the court that we have right now, on revisiting some of these other decisions. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's going to happen. Your boy Fauci's going to retire sometime yeah. during the Biden administration. I know yeah, that's well, going to break your heart. He came back out and you know said, "I didn't say I was going to retire right away. I said I would retire by the end of the term." So well, he's, Biden, he's already covering like his ass. Week. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not getting rid of him quite yet, but uh, and you know, I thought about this. Like he he is obviously a very narcissistic person. He's always on TV. He's always, you know, I am the science, everything like that. I mean, you have to figure that. I mean, he's not like ninety years old. It's not a health thing. It's he's in his eighties, isn't he? Maybe, but yeah. I mean, he seems like yeah, a, a yeah. pretty healthy guy, you yeah, know, for, for his age. So it, I'm sure that that's not it. What you have to think is that he's been going on TV. He's oh, yeah. been getting all this public attention. He's got to have some kind of cushy 
media gig lined up or consulting gig, or he's going to he's yeah. going to start going around, you know, like Obama did after he was president, making four hundred thousand dollars for an hour long speech or, or yeah. whatever. I mean, I think that's probably his angle. He's already the highest paid federal employee in the government. So he's going to take that, he's going to springboard off of that, and he's going to be making millions. I think that's why he's doing it. I wonder, you know, when he and Trump were in a room together, how did anybody else's ego fit in that room? Because <laughs> both of them have massive, massive egos. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Wouldn't you? I, mean, I would too. Uh, I, I mentioned the Fauci um, saying he's going to retire at some point to talk about the COVID shot and all that. And um, we don't talk a lot about sports on this, but um, I want to hit on this, that, that the Royals – had to play a series in Toronto mm-hmm. and they couldn't take 10 of their major league players because of the 26 in major league baseball throughout major league baseball, 10 of them are Kansas city Royals. Really? Huh? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That makes me like the Royals a little bit more. <laughs> uh, Fauci's out there saying that COVID is still a thing. So apparently the shot didn't really work. I'm not sure why the hell I got it, but I got it. Um, and 10 Royals decided that, you know, it was their choice. They didn't want to do it. So they called up 10 kids from the minor leagues. And honestly, the Royals are terrible this year anyway. Mm-hmm. They're going into the all-star break in last place, yeah. 20 games uh, under 500. Um, because the all-star game is set up like participation trophies, every team has to send one player to the all-star game. Right, right. right? So we're sending Andrew Benintendi – who is one of the 10 who didn't take the COVID shot, um, who is also speculated to be on the trade block by the trade deadline, so he's not even going to be a Royal, Mm. and we're going to move forward on this. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts about... Yeah, well, so just to to clarify, you may or may not have already mentioned this, but Canada, you know, they have a a travel restriction where you have to... Which is why they couldn't take the 10 Royals. Right, exactly. So if you're traveling to Canada for a business, you have to have the shot, and so... There was one thing that I thought was kind of funny about it. I, I forget which one of the players it was, but one of the players came out and said, well, you know, the team's not very good. So, like, if the team was in contention, then yeah. maybe I would have gotten the shot. And yeah. I was like, Ooh. Whit Merrifield said that. that. I'm like, brutal. oh, my God. Oh, man. How would you like to be in that clubhouse? I mean, I think they, the Royals have a lot of problems in that clubhouse. Yeah. And then, you know, the next thing the Royals are going to do is they want to build a stadium downtown. Right. And they want us to pay for it. Right. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I mean, only a no on that, I will be a very public and loud no on yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Me too. I mean, yeah, I, I do see kind of uh, how saying something like that is, you know, not being a team player, it can kind of undermine the clubhouse or whatever. But I mean, it is true. And like, he is being honest. And it, it is kind of funny, you know, so I don't know. All it's, right. It's well, pretty funny. We'll see. Maybe the Royals will turn it around. I, I just the kids who were playing. I didn't know who any of them were, but man, they won the first game of that series and they lost the next. Do you three. think? Do you think that has something to do with them sucking? Is that they have all these unvaccinated players? Like maybe the vaccine is like some kind of steroid. You know, it like it it like buffs you up and then you become a better baseball player or something like that. I don't like know that. what their deal is because they've got a talented core of players and they've got all these pitchers that they drafted. Yeah. Um. I don't know, but there's something wrong, and uh, John Sherman is is the new owner of that team, and I don't think he's going to let a lot of grass grow before he starts firing people. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that t- that tends to happen. I mean, it happened with the Phillies, um, who I really haven't been following in recent years, but it happened with them. They had a really terrible team, and they've gone through two or three managers, and you know, various different personnel and things like that. So, I'm sure they'll be getting rid of people too. 
All right, up next, we'll uh, poke a little fun at the Bidens, and we'll also run down some gun violence here comparing Uvalde to Greenwood, Indiana. Uh, But we do want to, again, mention our good friend uh, Bob Watson, State Farm agent. Um, I was mentioning the fact that um, they took care of my wife on an issue um, really fast where you can't get that with the cut rate, guys. You, you really need somebody on your side, no matter what you're going through. I mean, you're a young guy, just got married and all that. You're setting up your life now. I've been through this. I've had four kids. I've had to put on my um, um, car insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. I've got a stepson that just turned 14. So, hey, Bob, if you're listening, we're about to go through this again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a guy that, that can talk to you about the ins and outs, especially with what's going on in our local community that you just can't get anywhere else. It's very true. 229-7878, 816-229-7878. He's a Blue Springs guy, but um, he's licensed in Kansas and Missouri, has clients on both sides of the state line. A lot of folks know that Bob Watson is the guy for insurance. And uh, if you need insurance, we all need insurance. Mm-hmm. You got a house? You have a house yet? Not own, I rent. Okay, but you're going to buy a house. Yeah, at some point. So you're just setting up your life. Uh, you're going to buy a house at some point. Do you have renter's insurance? Yes. That's important because mm-hmm. you got to c- cover the stuff that's not covered under whoever owns wh- where you rent. Your cars, if you got a boat down the line, you got life insurance you got to deal with, especially when you have kids and a family and all that. You got to think about all that stuff. Well, gun violence continues in America and also Kansas City. I actually came into this week and I've, I've been keeping like a sheet of all of them that happened in Kansas City. Can we just stipulate that we've got a lot of gun violence in Kansas City? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of uh, sad, you know, when you have all these major cities, Kansas City included, where it's like just another day, yeah. you know, I mean, and I, I hear from my family. We're numb to it. Yeah, we really are. And I hear from my family a lot in Philadelphia, which is even worse. And it's like every day there's something on the news. And, you know, you can see the the local news report on it and they just report on it like the weather. You know, it's just like, OK, well, today someone was shot, you know, in South Philly on Blank Street. You know, the cops showed up. It's just another daily segment that that they go over in the news. Well, it's really sad and um, it's happening everywhere, not just Kansas City, not just Philadelphia. But I had a conversation with a friend of mine in Nashville and we're talking about sending some listeners down to Nashville for something. And I said, can it be worse than Kansas City? It can, yeah. (laughs) We deal with it every day. And yet, you know, I feel like I live in a parallel universe sometimes. It's like going on over here in this other universe where, you know, the pharaoh holds court, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's he's basically running the whole show there. This green line walking trail that they want to have around Kansas City. Um, And I saw that and I'm like, I saw it on the Fox 4 um, Mm -hmm. uh, site and I thought, my first thought was, uh, that's a really dangerous place, <laughs> yeah. and would you really want to walk that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put it up on our podcast page on Facebook, and the comments on there were hysterical. Yours was one of the best. Yeah. Well, I could put the picture up. I said, this is me walking the Green Line Trail yeah. at 2 p.m. Yeah. I got the body armor and the night vision goggles and everything well, else. Well, you know, because I said, this is what they're actually proposing in Kansas City, and I, and my little line on it was Kevlar sold separately. Right. Because, you know, the, those are areas where there are a lot of murders going on here, and I just can't believe they would spend the money on that. $80 million is the proposed it's budget. It's crazy. $80 million to yeah. build a trail. Like, what kind of trail is this? Is it going to massage your feet? Are you going to get, like, are there going to be, like, 
hot, is there hot food like coming out of the trees at you? Like, do we have like margarita stations? <laughs> Why is it eighty million dollars? Well, it could be a survivalist thing. I mean, if you can make it all the way around the trail without getting shot, you know. Actually, I did think of something that could cost eighty million dollars. You yeah. know, at the airport, how they have the the moving oh, pathway. The moving sidewalk. Yeah, so maybe it's like that. Maybe the whole thing is just one giant moving sidewalk, like at the airport. That sounds like something that would cost eighty million dollars. I can't think of anything else. You wouldn't get a lot of exercise doing that. <laughs> <laughs> unless you walk the other way. <laughs> okay. All right. There is that. So that is an actual proposal in Kansas City uh, that they want to fund with your uh, tax dollars. They also took money out of um, the homicide department in Kansas City to put a horse patrol back out. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't really know about that. Um, I do like... The ho- I mean, I think the horse cops are cool, but yeah. I don't know how effective they are, really. I don't either, but it's like a, it's an everyday thing here in Kansas City, and we have grown numb to it. But we still see the mass shootings that happen, and we're still reeling from what happened in Uvalde, Texas. And I spent a lot of time, because you know, I was raised by a cop, um, of having the cops' backs and, and really being a true blue defender of the cops. You cannot defend what happened in Uvalde. No, no, of course. And there's been more and more developments. I mean, now we know that there was like hundreds of cops on on site. Yeah. And there's now security footage from inside of the school where you can see all these cops. I mean, dozens, dozens of them. And they're they're standing by a hallway. And you can see like probably the classroom where the shooting is happening is down at the end of the hallway. And they're just standing there for like an hour, over an hour. They're just standing there doing nothing. And the, the initial reports were, well, they were waiting for, you know, uh, more armament or whatever, more reinforcements. That's not true. There was guys with with shields, ballistic shields. There was guys in full combat armor. I mean, everyone has their service rifles. You know, I mean. You go in. You go in. Yeah. And, and you know, at that point, it's obvious that it's some kind of top-down decision. I mean, somebody told them to stand down. And then, unfortunately, all of these officers uh, complied with with that order. I mean, if there's if there's ever an opportunity or a a reason to disobey a direct order, it would be something like this. You know, you'd think with 400 people there, however many it was, at least one guy would be like, all right, well, screw this. I'm going in. And you think if one guy says that, then a bunch of other guys are going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all, you know, kind of just go in. But that didn't happen. And so you know, like you said, I mean, we, we back the blue, we support the police, but I think there is this thing sometimes in conservative circles, which I'm not saying you're doing, but you know, there's this, like the cops are just objectively good all the time. They never do anything wrong, you know, support the police. And I think that's true to an extent, but this proves, as I mentioned last week, and as I keep mentioning over and over again, that your self-defense is up to you and you alone. The defense of your family is up to you and you alone at the end of the day. You can't count on the cops. You can't count on the government. You can't count on the FBI or anyone else, you know, because at some point they're going to let you down. And even if they don't let you down, you're in a gun-free zone in a school. It's going to take them five, 10 minutes at at minimum to show up, you know? So that's why we need armed teachers. We need parents, you know, um, protecting their families. And, and that's really what it boils down to. Worst thing I saw on that video was the cop that kept going by the uh, hand sanitizer yeah. deal. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There's somebody in there shooting children and shooting teachers, and you're getting a little hand sanitizer going? Yeah. 
It's just it was a very bad look. There's there's I mean there's lots of screen grabs that I've seen from that video uh, where they're like there's one where a guy's smiling like he's telling a joke or something yeah. like that and there's a one with a hand sanitizer well, and you know they're they're just out there shooting the shit you know yeah. while while kids are getting murdered so Well and you you brought up something that I wanted to tie into this you talk about gun free zones and that we're on our own to a great extent and that when somebody makes the decision that they're going to try and 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 cause a mass casualty incident um, that they are looking for that little virtual signal sticker on a building that says gun free zone mm-hmm. because again you got to think like a criminal this is part of my conversation with Mary yesterday she says well I think gun free zones are awesome oh really well think like a criminal Okay, I'm a criminal and I want to cause mass casualties. I'm going to look for a gun-free zone because Mm -hmm. it's a high-target area for Mm -hmm. me, right? Well, in Greenwood, Indiana, there was a 22-year-old who basically knew that he had a constitutional right to carry a gun regardless of what sticker Simon Properties put on the outside of that mall. And it's interesting because Simon Properties had to congratulate him for saving lives even though he violated their policy. Right. Yeah, and that's that's where knowing the laws of your state is so important and knowing what rights you have to carry in what places and you know if you do have to use your weapon or if you, you know, let's say are caught by somebody, um, you know, what the consequences for that are going to be. It's very important to know that stuff because you know, ideally if you are going to carry especially if you have kids with you or with your with your wife or your family you should be carrying all the time i mean there's no reason not to you know aside from some arbitrary rule that is put in place so this guy sounds like you know he knew the law yeah. he probably i'm assuming he had a permit or that indiana is you know a permitless carry state or, or what have you we have our own laws in missouri right. but you need to know those laws so that when you do go in you see that sign on the or that sticker on the the door or whatever and you go in anyway you need to know what you know the the next step or the legal ramifications are for that well it was interesting because i was watching the chief of police in greenwood indiana talking about just that issue Mm -hmm. and he said um he had a constitutional right to carry right so does that get to the second amendment and do we have a constitutional right to carry even though somebody might put up one of those stickers on the building? Well, that was a sort of big picture. That was one of the big Supreme Court decisions that came out uh, a few weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, um, of which our friend Mr. Thomas wrote the majority opinion, which is that you have a right to defend yourself outside of the home, not just in the home. And this was in uh, New York, I believe. And it piggybacks off of the Heller decision in D.C., which stated that you have a right to self-defense in your home, there, that you can't make laws you know, that require you to lock your gun up or keep mm-hmm. your uh, magazine or ammo separate from your gun because if someone breaks into your house, you're not going to be like, hey, hold on for a sec. Ooh, yeah. ooh, 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 you know? well, and so that, that obviously does extend past the home. I mean, that's why we have castle doctrine. That's why we have stand your ground laws. That's why we have uh, concealed carry You know, because it's not just about protecting yourself on your own property. It's about protecting yourself wherever you may be, especially, again, if you're with your family or with your children or, or what have you. I'm glad we're on our side because I would hate to be arguing the other side of that this kid, you know, really ought to be in jail now because he killed somebody in a mall who might have been misunderstood. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, was going on. Well, that's on. what they're saying. I mean, that's what they're saying. It's yeah. it's. But the people whose <laughs> lives he saved, I think they're grateful. Yeah. <laughs> 
right? Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned it yourself. Simon Properties is grateful. They are. Even They're though, the ones who instituted the gun-free policy. Yeah. And yet, you know, that here they are. The, their hands are tied. I mean, they have to acknowledge yeah. this guy broke their rule, but he saved countless lives. I mean, you have – and the guy had a rifle, I believe, right? The guy in the mall, the shooter? Yeah, the shooter did. Yeah. He actually so, had several weapons with him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it just shows – Again, this is a, a separate point, but this whole idea of like the scary assault rifle, right? Yeah. Sure, it can do a lot of damage, but all it takes is one guy with a pistol and a concealed carry permit who knows how to use it, yeah. and he can put down the threat. And, you know, to that point, I mean, think about this. This has got to be chilling. What happened in Greenwood is chilling for anybody who would want to do this because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, shit. I mean, I thought I could go into a gun-free zone and be able to shoot whoever I want to. Well, this kid violated that policy. Maybe there's other people out there violating the policy. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I mean the the good amount guy of with a gun. the amount of good guys with guns in America is like astounding. It's astronomical, and I tell people this all the time. You know, when people start complaining about guns and you know, uh, like the gun is you know acting on its own and shooting people, I'll, I'll you know point point to it directly. I mean, you can look at the numbers that concealed carry permit holders outnumber police ten to one. In America, everywhere you go, pretty much, if you go to the mall, if you go to a restaurant, if you are walking out in the park, you are constantly surrounded by people with guns. You just don't know it. Yeah. Because they're law abiding citizens, they're not hurting anybody. But I mean, like, tell this to a liberal and their head will explode. You know, how many people do you think every day? That you walk past that are that are carrying a firearm. Oh, I mean, your head the, would, the, your head, yeah, the number would astound you. Your head would have <laughs> exploded yesterday at lunch with Mary because she's like, "Why do you guys need these ARs anyway? These automatic rifles?" I said, "Mary, AR does not stand for automatic rifle." Right. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The Biden family. Because, you know, we've talked about this early on in the podcast because I always raise this question. I have raised this question from day one. You know, Joe Biden has been in public service his entire life. He's never made more than he makes right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's making four hundred grand a year as president. As a member of Congress, he made like one fifty, something like that. Okay. So how does he have millions and millions of dollars? How- Multiple vacation homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the how whole does mind. his kid while Joe Biden is in charge of the Ukraine in the Obama administration, how does his kid, who has no experience, no background, be, get a board seat on a big gas company in the Ukraine? No experience, no background, and is a degenerate crack addict. Yeah. And then Joe <laughs> Biden says, I never discuss business with my son. Mm-hmm. And the press gives him a complete pass yeah. until now because Joey B is like flailing in the deep end of the pool without the ability to swim. And so now the sharks are circling on him. And now they're asking all these questions that we've been asking for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and it's more than just giving him a pass. I mean, the the media in the 2020 election actively suppressed information about they the, did. the Biden family and specifically about Hunter Biden and the laptop and all the stuff that came out of the laptop, the dealings with China, the dealings with Ukraine, the 10% kick up to the big man, all of these controversies that were on that laptop. There were multiple laptops, but on the one specifically that mm-hmm. the New York Post reported on, the story was squashed on social media. The story was squashed in the mainstream media. Nobody talked about it on cable news. And yeah, so obviously we're going to have all these questions, and I think it's starting to get to a point. Maybe some of it is the sharks circling in the water around Joe Biden, but 
I think part of it too is just that it, it's impossible to ignore anymore. I mean, we have all these leaks coming out. We have uh, people on 4chan, you know, that are leaking uh, Hunter Biden's iCloud account, and there's all these videos of him weighing out crack, you know, with and like, you know, I'm talking not, about okay. all this crazy. He's stuff. a bad guy, and I get that, and and I don't want to be to the point where we're indicting the children of politicians. Politicians right. get into this game, and they know what they're doing. But but the question I have is. There are now 40 some odd meetings at the White House with Hunter Biden during the Obama administration. Well, I think that all of the stuff, you know, is relevant because Hunter Biden is connected to Joe Biden through his business dealings. He's financially connected to Joe Biden. It would be like, you know, um, it's like when when people came after Donald Trump Jr. Right. For they had that meeting with the. Veselnitskaya or whatever in Trump Tower about Hillary, the Hillary Clinton right. dossier or whatever. Yeah. And the media was relentless. They went after him. My criticism of of that was never uh, that, oh, you can't go after Don Jr. because he's Trump's son. My criticism was it's not that big of a deal when you compare that to everything that the Hillary Clinton campaign did with the dossier and with uh, foreign you know, misinformation and, and uh, espionage and spying on the Trump campaign and everything else. The two things are not comparable, but Donald Trump Jr. was involved in the campaign. He was involved in, you know, at least peripherally involved in the uh, administration. So it's fair game. You know, it's, it's fair game to go after him. If you have something legitimate to go after him on, that's fair game. And Hunter Biden is, is similar. I mean, he's involved uh, inexorably linked to Joe Biden through the business dealings and through everything else. So everything, as far as Hunter Biden is concerned, is fair game. Well, we'll see what happens uh, after the midterm when the Republicans take over, because if you want some impeachable things, we've got a list of impeachable things that mm-hmm. have happened here, actual impeachable things. But right. before we get to that, uh, Jill Biden, of course, she made her speech in front of the uh, Hispanic group. Dr. Jill Biden. Well, she's the smart one. Yeah, she is the smart one of the family. Yet she went up there and said Bogota instead of Bodega, right? And she compared the, the Hispanic people there to breakfast tacos. Yeah. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> Which um, they didn't care for all that much. Um, but then she, uh, something else that she's done here, she made a speech during a private Democratic National Committee fundraiser in Nantucket, Massachusetts, where all the liberals like to hang out, and you can you know, get them to write checks for millions of dollars to support your candidacy. Listen to some of the quotes from what she told those people. And see if you can pick up on on something I want to get to. The president had so many hopes and plans for things he wanted to do. But every time you turned around, he had to address the problems of the moment. He just had so many things thrown his way. Who would have ever thought about what happened? Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade? Well, maybe we saw it coming, but we still didn't believe it. Gun violence in this country is absolutely appalling. We didn't see the war in Ukraine coming. Wow. Those are direct quotes? Direct quotes from Jill Biden. Okay, Dr. Jill Biden. Um, what I pulled from this was she's talking about it in the past tense. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. These are the things that, you know. He had, he had the chance to, yes. to do these things. And he wanted to do yeah. so much for the country. 
Um, well, here's a question. Why didn't Democrats codify Roe when they had supermajorities when Obama was president? I don't know. They never could have done it. It could not have been done. Yeah, I mean, probably during that time, there was still some Democrats who would not have gone along with it. I think now, I mean, the, the party has gone so far to the left that there's only a couple of exceptions, yeah. maybe Joe Manchin, you know, but yeah. back then, you know, even, I mean, even Barack Obama uh, and Hillary Clinton, you know, the mm -hmm. look at look at the, the Republican platform on abortion is almost identical to the Democrat platform on abortion from like 15 years ago. I mean, it, the, the conversation has shifted so much. And the, if you parse this speech, he didn't see um, Ukraine coming. I mean, you know, Putin telegraphed that to the world. He put yeah. millions of troops on the border. Yeah, and and Joe Biden has been tied to Ukraine for decades. I mean, we yeah, go exactly. back to the Hunter Biden thing again, but he's been in in the Senate for what forty years. I mean, he he was there when the government in Ukraine was set up by you know in part at least by the American government by the CIA. So yeah, I mean, he knows about Ukraine. He's been he's been dealing with Ukraine for for decades. Okay. A million barrels of oil from the strategic reserve to China. What the hell was that all about? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, to me, that's an impeachable offense. Our strategic yeah. reserve is supposed to be there for a national emergency or a military emergency. Why are we sending a million barrels over to China? And then, you know, I saw somebody who, who doesn't agree with me or you very much who said that, uh, where are the stickers now that gas prices are coming down? Well, first of all, they're nowhere near where they were. They got a long way to fall. Mm -hmm. And then Joe Biden is telling the Senate to take whatever deal they can get with Mitch McConnell. He'll take care of uh, global warming and the green initiatives later with executive orders. So he's going to go after it again. It's like he cannot get out of his own way. All of these wounds are self-inflicted. Yeah. When he was handed the keys to the White House, he had he had a um, a vaccine. Trump basically told him, don't do anything with the economy and it'll come right back. Mm -hmm. And it was starting to come back. And then Joe started messing with it. Okay, so here are my list of self-inflicted wounds. Afghanistan, the border, inflation, gas prices, everything made worse since he moved in. Yeah, at least, at least. And now Probably coming attractions, you got executive orders coming to raise gas prices after the midterm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny I haven't seen too much of this yet, but I can anticipate if gas prices continue to come down, you know, you'll have the uh, vindictive, you know, media and vindictive liberals trying to give credit to Joe Biden after not giving credit to Joe Biden for bringing the gas prices yeah. up. Like you said, oh, well, where are the stickers now? Yeah. Gas prices are coming down. Don't you have anything to say about that? <laughs> well, I mean, he blamed Putin. So apparently yeah. it's Putin's uh, yeah. credit, right? Right. Thanks. Yeah. So that's that's a great point. Thanks, so, Vladimir. Yeah. <laughs> so when gas prices come down, we should thank uh, Putin. Yeah. All right. So, uh, sharks in the water we talked about a little bit. Um, CNBC you know, CNBC is part of MSNBC and NBC. They're certainly no friends to conservatives. They are reporting that Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris are hitting up big wigs for money for a 2024 run. So the sharks are in the water. And yeah. Gavin was, you know, in the West Wing measuring the drapes. Yeah. Yeah. Gavin Newsom is the uh, is the pretty boy uh, candidate. He's the Hollywood type. He's the uh, Patrick Bateman of <laughs> the Democrat Party. But uh 
Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about it would be it would be interesting if it was Newsom and DeSantis in in twenty four. I think that would be a, a pretty entertaining contest. I personally would like that because yeah. we'd get out of this whole personality bullshit and we'd drill down into whose agenda is better for America. Our agenda is much better for America than the left, mm-hmm. and if we can get the personalities out of it, I think the American people will see it that way as well. Uh, you know who we haven't talked about uh, yet is Jim Dingman. At Funhouse Pizza. Mm-hmm. Great pizza. Mm-hmm. Love it. Great and, pizza. And we are going to do another event there. And Jim Dingman is a great American. He does run Funhouse Pizza, Lee Summit on 50 Highway, Blue Springs on 7 Highway. He posted this, and it's a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Okay. I won't, this is a quote from Abraham Lincoln that would play today. You cannot help the poor by destroying the rich. You cannot strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. You cannot bring about prosperity by discouraging thrift. You cannot lift the wage earner up by pulling the wage payer down. You cannot further the brotherhood of man by inciting class hatred. You cannot build character and courage by taking away people's initiative and independence. You cannot help people permanently up. You cannot help people permanently by doing for them what they could and should do for themselves. It's like the uh Teach a man to fish. Uh, Absolutely. You know, That's the conservative philosophy. Yeah. Teach a man to fish. Yeah. The liberal philosophy is you need fish, we're going we're gonna to give them to you, right. and we're going to take them from the rich people. Right. <laughs> because the rich people have all the fish. Why don't we give them to you? Yeah, that's a good quote. I like that. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And Jim Dingman posted that. He is a great American and a United States Marine, and he also makes some really good pizza. And a supporter of the podcast. We Absolutely. thank him very much. We do like him very much, so check out his pizza at Funhouse Pizza in Lee Summit and Blue Springs. Before we leave you with this episode, um, and this is one of those things, you can watch it on YouTube, which I think you should. But you can also hear the audio. Mm-hmm. I think it's more effective when you see the visual, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, we drop a lot of clips. Uh, I've been dropping more and more clips uh, as we go. You know, we talk about things. I want people to see what we're talking yeah. about. It's nice to have the reference. So if you can, watch it. But if you can't, then listen, that's fine too. Yeah, uh, because the words will impact you, but the visual of the exchange between Josh Hawley and I don't even know what this professor's name was, law professor from Berkeley, this woman teaches our future lawyers so as we leave you this week and put you in the hands of kurt next week and you watch josh Hawley's exchange over the ability to have children what is a woman we're still grappling with that this is dale carter's america now, professor bridges you said several times you've used a phrase i want to make sure i understand what you mean by it you've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy would that be women Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue, it's a... We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have 
attempted suicide. So I think it's important. Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist. Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this, where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're at, opening up people to oh, violence? We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to DaleCartersAmerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.